Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Jacob, the Temple's Right Pillar. It shall be focused on a study of 2 Chronicles chapter 3. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's amazing to see that you had given Solomon through David the construction for the temple. To see, Lord, that when you have a job for a man to do, you outline the specifications to the T for him to carry out. So, Father, we have that in the form of your word today. May we be found building that ark according to your construction, which we know that you've taught us that by one spirit we are baptized into one body. Help us, Father, to not come and meet you with any other offering, but, Father, to accept the way that you provided through your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 3. Chapter 3 Then Solomon began to build a house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared, in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And he began to build in the second day of the second month, in the fourth year of his reign. Now these are the things wherein Solomon was instructed for the building of the house of God. The length by cubits after the first measure was threescore cubits, and the breadth twenty cubits. And the porch that was in the front of the house, the length of it was according to the breadth of the house, twenty cubits. And the height was an hundred and twenty and he overlaid it within with pure gold. And the greater house he sealed with fir tree, which he overlaid with fine gold, and set thereon palm trees and chains. And he garnished the house with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was gold of Parvaim. He overlaid also the house, the beams, the posts, and the walls thereof, and the doors thereof with gold, and graved cherubims on the walls. And he made the most holy house, The length whereof was according to the breadth of the house, twenty cubits, and the breadth thereof twenty cubits. And he overlaid it with fine gold, amounting to six hundred talents. And the weight of the nails was fifty shekels of gold. And he overlaid the upper chambers with gold. And in the most holy house he made two cherubims of image work, and overlaid them with gold. And the wings of the cherubims were twenty cubits long. One wing of the one cherub was five cubits, reaching to the wall of the house. And the other wing was likewise five cubits, reaching to the wing of the other cherub. And one wing of the other cherub was five cubits, reaching to the wall of the house. And the other wing was five cubits also, joining to the wing of the other cherub. The wings of these cherubims spread themselves forth twenty cubits. And they stood on their feet, and their faces were inward. And he made the veil of blue, and purple, and crimson, and fine linen, and wrought cherubims thereon. Also he made before the house two pillars of thirty and five cubits high, and the chapiter that was on the top of each of them was five cubits. And he made chains, as in the oracle, and put them on the heads of the pillars, and made an hundred pomegranates, and put them on the chains. And he reared up the pillars before the temple, one on the right hand and the other on the left, and called the name of that on the right hand, Jachin, and the name of that on the left, Boaz. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Faith 
once delivered to the saints. This was preached in 1957 on June the 10th. We'll begin at paragraph 10. Now you hear so many people say today, Oh, divine healings against my faith. Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is against my faith. There's only one faith. And that faith doesn't come by joining church. That faith comes by hearing and that of the Word of God. So if we are bid to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints, that faith should not come out of a creed book, but it should come out of God's Bible. For faith cannot rest upon the shifting sands of man's theology, but it can only rest upon the eternal rock of God's unchangeable Word. That's the only place that faith can sufficiently rest. No matter how much something else, how real it looks, how godly it looks, it must come from the Word of the living God, because faith only comes by hearing and hearing of the Word. So there's many things that looks appealing to the eye. I have often thought of seeing great shrines of, the, of different religions and how beautiful they could be. I think of the, the temple of Diane in the Bible. That it's claimed that it was more beautiful than the temple of Solomon, made out of marble and inlaid with gold, of the goddess Diane of Ephesus, but the looks doesn't count. It's what God's Word says. There is the way that seemeth right unto a man. So then faith could not rest upon looks. Then faith can only find its place in the Word, and we were asked to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered unto the saints. And the word saints comes from the word sanctified one. And sanctify is a compound word which means cleanse and set apart. And the vessels that was put on the altar cleansed the vessels. The altar sanctified the vessels and they were set apart for the service of the temple. And a vessel of God, which we are, is sanctified through the blood of the Lord Jesus and set apart for the service of God. A few weeks ago down in Mexico, or a few months ago rather, in Mexico City, I was having a revival. And oh, how those poor People stood from nine o'clock at morning until nine at night before I got there. And each day they'd stand like sheep holding each other up in the direct rays of that southern sun. So hungry. That's the reason today that this great fabulous nation of ours, America, 
doesn't receive the things that we should receive is because we're not hungry enough. When we really get down to business, then God will go to acting. And they were standing against each other, mothers with their little sick babies, and holding up their loved ones, standing in the sun just in order to hold a place all day long. And when I had to be let over a great high wall to come down to get into the arena type place where the meetings were being held, taking me up by rope ladder and let me down. And as I looked after the night, one night there, an old Mexican man came up and he had no shoes on and his beard was gray and hardly any clothes to cover himself. He was blind. And as he came towards me, he pulled out a little set of beads and began to repeat a prayer. I had him to put them up. I said, that's not necessary, brother. I look at the old man and his feet wrinkled in the dust. And I thought, maybe the man never had a good meal in all of his life. And they work hard just for a meager little living. And I looked at his feet and I put my foot up the side of his. I thought maybe I could just, without the audience seeing it, slip my shoes off and give them to him. But his feet was much larger. And I put my shoulders to his, see if I could give him my coat. And I thought that poor man in all this trouble, yet fate has been so ill to him to hear he staggers in darkness. Such a cruel enemy we have, the devil. And just entering into that sympathy with him, put my arms around him and asked our kind Heavenly Father if he would restore the sight to this poor blind man. All of a sudden, his arms went around me and he screamed to the top of his voice. He could see, he could see. Up and down the platform, he went rejoicing. The next night, the clothes were laying a rick as long as this platform here of just old coats and shoes and hats and how they ever know whose was whose, I don't know. The people just so that if you would pass by, they believe that they'd get well. I thought, oh, I don't find that type of faith in America because you've got things too easy. And another thing, that was virgin territory. And here it's one thing and another thing. I believe this and I believe that. Christianity, so-called, has too many loose ends. That's right. But there's really only one faith. Last evening on the temple or on the monument steps, an old brother came by and threw his arms around me and was weeping. And he was standing around, could hear him. He said, I want to hug you, Brother Branham. Said you prayed for me up in Lima, I believe it was. 
and said, the Lord healed me of cancer, and I've never had the opportunity to express my feelings to you for praying that prayer for me. Grateful. If we were only grateful enough. But if the Methodists don't want us, we'll go over to the Baptists. The Baptists don't want us, we'll go to the Pentecostal. The Assemblies don't want us, we'll go to the United. We just keep on one after the other and we become mission trotters and hardly know what we do believe. Brother, what this great church needs is back to the Word, back to God. The old-fashioned prayer meetings and and the old-fashioned singing, the old-fashioned gospel, and back to an old-fashioned faith in God. A saving experience by the Son of God. The next evening at the little meeting in Mexico, some 20,000 accepted Christ. When they seen a little baby, the mother, a little Catholic woman, she was so frantic. They tell me she'd been in the audience since about 3 p.m. And her little baby the day before the doctor had said was dying. And sometime in the afternoon, it passed from this life. And she was in the audience and it was raining right hard. And she standing out there was frantic. Brother Espinosa and some of the... Brethren, give out the prayer cards, and Billy, my boy, and the little woman did not get a prayer card because she couldn't get in close enough. It was just plaited together. But she was determined to get into the prayer line, and she was screaming. Billy come over, and he said, Dad, you'll have to go down to that woman or do something. Said, there isn't enough ushers to hold her out of the line. She had the little baby wrapped in under her arm. And a little, beautiful little lady of about 25, I guess, or not much over that. And she was screaming, Padra, just as loud as she could, to have mercy for the baby. I said to Brother Moore, Brother Jack Moore, I said, go down and pray for that, the baby, that'll satisfy her, because it wouldn't be right for me to leave here now, to go down there with the rest of them. Just as I started to continue the message, I saw a little baby standing out here before me. I said, just a moment, Brother Moore, and went down to the little lady and had her to bring the baby there, and it was all wrapped in a blanket and real soaking wet. Now, I cannot say I only have the testimony. Laying hands upon the little blanket and asking God to be merciful to that little woman who had such faith to believe. And the little form was quite, and no more than the words were said till a scream and a yell come from under that blanket. And she just went frantically, and away she went screaming and going on. The next day I left Mexico. I never got it exactly right until Brother Espinosa, we can't 
do not make those statements without it being authentic. So Brother Espinosa traced the woman down, found who she was, and found that it was true by the doctor that the baby had perished and died, and the baby is well tonight. That's by the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. <laughs> Operating in a Catholic woman. <laughs> That's it. The next day the press asked me, did I think that their saints could do the same thing? I said, if they were saints and a living, they can. <laughs> it's the sanctified vessel that set us apart for God's service that God dwells in. A few nights ago in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, there was a little boy who came to the platform and he whispered to my ear, I'm a Catholic. He had a hunch on his back. He said, we believe in divine healing. I said, but son, God honors that. But you take it from a statue, touch some statue, or pray to some dead person. I said, but that's a little different than I believe the Bible teaches it. I said, here's the way we believe divine healing. We believe that God is eternal, and anything that has a beginning has an end. But God had no beginning, so therefore he has no end. And the world was made for him because he is the creator. He made it out of things he had not to make with just his spoken word. It come into existence. And there's only one type of healing, that's divine healing. All healing is divine healing. Doctors have AIDS, God's the healer. Doctor sets the bone, God does the healing. Doctor gives medicine to kill the rats in you, but God patches up the holes <laughs> that the rats eat. <laughs> now, only one healing, divine healing. And I said, then Jesus said that we that believe on him and hear his word have eternal life. And eternal life is the life of God. And when the man is born again, he becomes a part of God and is absolutely imperishable. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath eternal everlasting life and shall never come into condemnation but pass from death unto life. We become a part of God because we're born of him and the spirit of God that dwells in us is immortal. It had no beginning and it'll have no end. And that operating in a man gives him faith in his maker. The same maker that stood on the earth one day and said to the tree, no man eateth from thee. The next day the tree was wilting. And Jesus said, Have faith in God, for I say unto you, if thou shalt say to this mountain, be moved. And don't doubt, but believe that what you say shall come to pass. You can have what you say. I said, It's God's eternal spoken word about born-again people. 
by prayer or asking God and God obligated to his word. When that real, not put on, not make believe, but a real settled faith is in the man's heart that don't vary from God's word a bit. It is God's word being spoken by mortal lips. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. The little boy couldn't comprehend it very much. I told him to put a string around him. I said, if that string hasn't shrank three inches by tomorrow night, I'm a false prophet. In a few moments, the little hunchback come, your little arms hanging down. I said, son, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing the other boy. And I asked him, and he said, well, Brother Brandon said, we're a poor family. And they were from all the way from northern British Columbia. Said, we are out of money and we've got to go back tomorrow. I said, come here, sonny boy. And putting the arm around the little hunchback, the big lump over his shoulder, with hands laid on the little fella, just obeying what God said do to pray for the little fella. And all of a sudden, I thought something happened under my hand. And as I looked at his little eyes, they were just bright and snappy. And I said, didn't something happen? He said, yes, sir, it did. I said, raise up your little arms. And there went his arm up, and there was no more hunch on his back than nothing. He was perfectly normal and well. What was it? The faith that was once delivered unto the saints operating in a child. Certainly. There was a blind woman came up. I don't know just how many years she had been blind. And one praying for her, the boy sure has her testimony. But it had been a number of years. They led her to the platform just totally blind, speaking to her of the Lord Jesus who had healed her way 1900 years ago and asked if she had faith to believe it. She said, I do. And when praying for her, her eyes come open on the platform. She walked off the platform and typed her own testimony and gave it to me. What was it? The faith that was once delivered to the saints operating in a blind woman. Now, if it's no more than what would be right to try to say if we are to contend for such a faith, and the faith was once delivered to the saints or the sanctified ones, then we should go back to the Bible and find out what those sanctified ones did and what kind of a faith that they had. When God called Christ from the grave and he ascended up, Jesus left word to his church to go into all the world and preach the gospel, these signs shall follow them that believe. Signs was to follow the church how far unto all the world. Some people want to limit that faith to a, a creed. Some want to limit it to a denomination. But I say this upon the authority of God's Word. There is no limit Amen. to the faith Amen. of God. Yes. 
that he left for his church because he said all things are possible to them that believe. It's not limited. And it was not just for the disciples. Peter said on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of Acts, he said, Repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which we learn in Jude that we should earnestly contend for the faith once given to the saints. Father, help us to not seek for anything new, but to provide to go in the way that you've already provided for us. For Father, you know the beginning from the end and you know the destination you're taking us to. Help us not to miss it for anything, for you've told us in your word that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men what God hath in store for those who love him. Help us to be faithful until that day. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Down in Amy, down in sea, pray the Lord, my soul to keep. Pray that I fall away, pray to Jesus, my soul to keep. Amen. He climbs in my lap for a good night. Calls me dad, I call him bud. With a faded old pillow, a bear named Pooh, he snuggles up close and says, I wanna be like you. I tuck him bed and kiss him goodnight. Tripping over the toys, I turn out the lights. A whisper of prayer And someday you'll see He's got a father in God Cause he's seen Jesus in me I wanna be just like you Cause he wants to be just like me I wanna be a holy example For his innocent eyes to see I've got so far to go 
made so many mistakes and I'm sure that you know Sometimes it seems no matter how hard I try With all the pressures of life I just can't get it all right But I'm trying so hard to learn from the best Being patient and kind See you.